When feminine testing starts to cross that line into a trauma response, usually it's an attempt to control. It's an attempt to control the situation because it's like there's an unconscious fear of if my partner doesn't show up in XYZ way, either for himself or for me, then I'm unsafe. I'm not safe. Yes. Everything's going to crumble. And um, this is where like the childhood trauma comes in. Hi, my love. So in today's episode, Michael and I are going to go really deep into feminine testing and we are diving right in. There's so much richness and so many layers to this topic. And I realized listening back to the episode that it might be nice just to give a little bit more of an introduction on what feminine testing really is. The way I have gotten to know feminine testing is literally the feminine testing the masculine on whether he is going to um, give direction or give boundaries or lead her. So in the most like innocent, um, playful form, the or the most simple form, feminine testing can very much be like, um, what do you think we should do? I'm hungry. Um, where do you think we should go? Which exits that we take? Which route should we take? Right? These are all kind of feminine testings to see if he steps into his leadership. Like for instance, in dating, I used to do this a lot. If a guy would say, Hey, um, where do you want to eat? I would say, I don't know. Where do you want to eat? That would be my feminine testing or feminine invitation for him to step into his leadership. If it wasn't happening then, then often I knew like, Oh, this particular human being is looking for a dynamic that doesn't necessarily nourish me. There's nothing wrong with them, but it was just not really the flavor of energy I was looking for. So that is very much feminine testing. Feminine testing can also be inviting a man to set his boundaries a little bit, to um, to deepen her, to to see if she, he can handle her, all of that. And as you can hear with me even talking about this, and this is the reason I'm having this conversation with Michael here, is that it's tricky to feel what about that is manipulative and what about that is kind of a beautiful polarity practice. And that's why we're having this conversation today because I I think what I've been seeing online a lot is that people will talk about, oh yeah, the feminine test and the feminine oracle and the feminine truth, you should always stand for that. Yes, and there is a nuance here of, and you'll hear us talk about this a lot of, of these concepts being weaponized almost and these concepts being used as closures and these concepts being used to deepen each other d- further into love. That's very much what we're trying to do in this conversation. There's a bit two parts to this conversation. You'll notice it. Um, there's the beginning where we get really excited and really into all of the juice very quickly. And there's a second part that's really deeply personal and um, vulnerable. So just to know, let you know that there's two really distinct energies happening here. I'm so great, so, so grateful for uh, Michael having this conversation with me and I can't wait for you to hear this. Okay, enjoy. everybody and welcome to another episode of the deeper podcast with Sophie Josefina and today I am joined by Michael and we're going to go talk all about feminine testing and 
This is a topic I've been exploring by myself for quite some time now. And the way it was spoken about online by a lot of our colleagues, who I, of course, deeply respect, but there was something in the nuance I was missing. And I realized that, and it's often the case for me when I think about feminine topics, I couldn't fully get my words onto paper. I couldn't fully materialize my thoughts. And so I was like, there's something about the feminine testing conversation that we're not being speaking, that we're not speaking about. And I was, I, I was sending this prayer out and like, I would love to interview somebody on feminine testing. And then Michael, uh, who I'd connected with before, wrote this like incredible few stories on feminine testing. And all I thought was, hallelujah, there's somebody there that's actually talking about this piece of it all. So I'm so excited he's here today. Michael is a teacher of trauma-informed embodiment, and his mission is, and this is gorgeous, to assist in the ushering in of a body-based, relationally grounded, heart-centered spirituality that does not bypass our humanity. Love that sentence. Yummy. So welcome, Michael. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you for having <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah, that was a mouthful, but um, that's the mission. Gorgeous. And um yeah, I, I'm really honored to be here. And uh, I was just dancing in the background because I'm so freaking excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this. So, Michael, for people who don't know you, the terrible question of who are you and maybe what are you building in this life? Yeah, yeah. So, who am I? What am I building in this life? Definitely a multi-dimensional question. Sometimes I, I, I don't. I, I ask myself that question: Who am I? Um, but if I were to give it a brief answer, um, in the context of the work that I do, I'm a coach and a mentor. Uh, I'm a guide. I am a brother. I'm a friend. I'm a confidant. Um, I primarily work with men at this point. I, I actually also work with women. Um, so it depends, uh, on the season, but, um, a lot of the work I do, if I could really sum it up, it always comes back to trauma. Always, always, yeah. always, it always comes back to the body. Um, because for so many years of my life, I was trying to solve somatic problems with my mind mm -hmm. because I'm so intellectual. And, um, so yeah, it's just been a passion of mine to help people. And that's that's what I'm building on the external. There's definitely an esoteric side to what I'm building. And that will be released in the near future, but we'll pause on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you're yeah. so right. And I think that's a great, like the, that there's so much trauma and body-based things underlying it all. I think it's such a great segue to what we're talking about today, because I want to get in with you on the feminine testing, which I think very often can be have some layers of trauma in there that we have not fully acknowledged in the space. So I'm really curious what, or should we start? What do you think is feminine testing? Yeah. Uh, great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to answer this in two ways. I'm going to give you my definition of feminine mm -hmm. testing. I'm going to set some context to place because feminine testing comes from a teaching, comes from a system. So I think it's really important to have context here um, because it really sets the backdrop for this whole conversation. Mm -hmm. To me, to keep it super simple, because like I, I am can be quite a wordsmith, um, feminine testing is 
I'm going to use genders here just mm-hmm. for the sake of brevity and simplicity mm-hmm. is when a woman in a hetero relationship tests her man or, or a better word I think is invites her man into an opportunity to see himself, to view a part mm-hmm. of himself that he might be missing, to view perhaps an incongruency. And the key, Sophie, true feminine testing is always in all ways done from an energetic of love even if it's crunchy even if there's resentment even if there's anger because as you know the body can hold both the mind can't but the body can hold both Mm -hmm. and as long as there's that energetic of i love this i love you i see you and this is an invitation and opportunity that's feminine testing and where this comes from, we have to keep in mind, feminine testing comes from polarity teachings, right? Mm-hmm. And the modern day polarity teachings come from Tantra, the mainstream of it, the main thread, at least. Of course, there's other aspects, but the main thread of polarity comes from Tantra. And I think what a lot of people forget is that Tantra was an ancient mystery school tradition. You had to be initiated into that shit. <laughs> You can just pop in the front door and be like, yo, let's like test some bitches. We're up in here. Can I curse? I'm sorry. I curse. <laughs> yeah, you can totally curse. I love cursing. <laughs> cool. it's, it's like, yeah, you can't just pop in the front door and be like, yo, we're, we're going to get lit on the polarity. It's not how it works. <laughs> not how it works. Um, and there's a reason for that. You wouldn't walk into a math class and just hop into calculus. You got to learn geometry. You got to learn arithmetic. And there's a reason. Because these teachings are dangerous in the wrong hands. And that might sound like ominous, but I have lived that from direct experience that real harm comes from trying to use these teachings when you're not prepared for it. You need a guide. You need a mirror. You need someone who's farther along than you. Not that they're better than, but more experienced to help assist you in integrating these teachings into your life. Um, so that would be my answer to that question. Yeah, you're so right. I I was I was reflecting on this for myself. I was like, what do I feel is feminine testing? And I think there's a very simple version where I will test my partner Tamar and saying like, okay, what do you think we should do? Right. And that feels like a playful and that feels like an invitation. Yeah, that feels like an invitation to polarity to play. So maybe testing is almost not the right word, but it's like an invitation to play. It's like, okay, what do you think? And that's, I want to see if he steps into a masculine energy. It's okay if he doesn't, but if he consistently doesn't, then he isn't the type of person that would nourish me, right? So I can see it in that. But I, I was asking him yesterday as I was kind of feeling into our talk today, I was like, so do I ever test you? And Tamara was like, oh, baby, you need to sit down for this. Do you want to go here? And and he said like, yeah, you you have like i i've reflected crunchy parts of him back at him and sometimes that really served and sometimes that was actually that was actually quite ugly and really un- mm. really not nice to receive and he said i don't really know where the boundary is between these two and i can see how at times you have brought me to a deeper core of myself that i really needed to go to and at times it was really not okay to receive and i think this is the case in a lot of relationships and what I, when we're talking about like feminine oracle, feminine truth, and all that, I very much believe in that. And even I, with all the work that I've done, I I can't tell you that I've completely fine tuned the part mm. of me that will test my partner out of love, and the part of me that will test my partner out of trauma, which is a very different energetic. 
And so I, I think that's really important to say. Like I, I know I will also share in here. I, most of my relationships have ended because my partner said, I can't handle this anymore. You're testing me Mm. so much. I can't Mm. take it anymore. And it's not a conscious thing that I do at least. It's not that I think like, oh, I'm going to catch him on a shit. I'm going to point out all the pieces where he's not in integrity, but it is what my personality does. It's like all the places where I feel that a man isn't in, isn't in ownership of himself. I will press those buttons. And I think, in all honesty, and we're going really deep right away, but you know, honestly, that's a trauma response of my own. I am super Mm. sensitive to everybody's Mm. red buttons because I needed to be. And so, a lot, I'm sharing a lot of things here, but super yeah, curious what's coming up for you. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you so much. And I'm right here with you. Uh, I think there's so much there, so many threads to pull. Um, but I really just want to highlight that last part, like, because you needed to be. And yeah. like, that's what I always bring it back to. These are all protective layers. These are all defense yeah. mechanisms. And shame is like never going to, to solve or, or, or shift um, any of this, just as a caveat, um, just for like the listeners, I think that's really important to highlight. Um, but what came up for me listening was, um, there's definitely a fine line, right. Between exactly what you were saying, testing and also having standards. And like, Mm -hmm. you're someone who's very embodied and like, you have depth as a woman. So it's going to make sense that, um, it's going to, you're, you're going to perhaps go through a series to find the man who could meet you there. You know, that's just the the nature of the game. But at the same time, um, I'll speak in my own experience Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, I have a, what I find, um, in my past experience when feminine testing starts to cross that line, um, into a trauma response, usually it's an attempt to control. It's an attempt to control the situation because it's like, there's an unconscious fear of if my partner doesn't show up in X, Y, Z way, either for himself or for me, then I'm unsafe. I'm not safe. Yes. Everything's going to crumble. And, um, this is where like the childhood trauma comes in. I think for a lot of women, um, Again, I'm not a woman, but speaking from uh, my experience of this in relationship of receiving toxic feminine testing, I think a lot of it comes from, um, you know, the father, obviously the father wound because it's, that's the protector. He's supposed to be the one to protect us. And so it would make sense that we naturally seek that in our partner. Um, But, but the question is like, where do we discern that line? And this, this is where like, um, we're dealing with matters of the heart. We're dealing with like the human emotions and relating relations. Like there is no line. There is no clear cut. Like this is what it is. And this is what it isn't. Otherwise it'd be in like a David Eda book and you could read it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just not, it's not, what it is. but, <laughs> but, um, what I, what I will say, what I'm learning and I'm learning this in myself, there's a lot of times, Sophie, where I go to share my truth and I ask myself this question first. So this, uh, I'll, I'll fit this into the conversation, but the mind asks, is it possible? Mm-hmm. So in this context, is it possible for my man to, to be, to align this incongruence? Is that possible for him? Is that mm-hmm. in his range? Is it possible for my man to show up in this way? That's mm-hmm. what the mind asks. 
the heart asks, is this actually necessary right now in this moment? Is this necessary? That's a totally different question mm -hmm. because now we're getting into the nuance where your test might be valid, but in this specific moment, it might not be necessary to directly bring that to your partner right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so maybe, and through that exploration, what I have found, and it's why I do the work I do, mm -hmm. the answer is not in the mind, it's mm -hmm. in the body. Mm -hmm. So I always advise people when I'm working either with a man or woman or anyone or myself, if I have any sense of confusion, that's a sign, pause, I need to go to practice with my body. I need to drop into my body, into my body. And then usually through that, you work with the charge and you'll, you'll probably have, in my experience, a clearer answer of the path to take, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful distinction. If I can put my own words to that, I, to me, it feels like when a boundary or a testing or whatever comes from trauma, there's a sense of urgency to it. And there's a sense of black and whiteness to it. And often a, a fight response, like yes. I, I want to defend myself, or I want to protect something. So that's a very different energy than when it comes from maybe this deeper truth or whatever to call that. But then it feels like more calm, then it feels more fluid, then it feels just, oh, you, you don't want to go into this today. That's totally cool. You know, mm. we can, we, whenever you're ready or whenever you are open to it, I would love to have that conversation. It's not as charged. Yes. For instance, like without going into too much detail, but Tamara and I had a phase like this about a year ago where he was switching careers and he seemed to, he seemed to not want to face a part of that. And he wasn't facing that for two months, three months, four months, five months. And it drove me nuts. And the whole time I was like, but he's my man. I want to respect him in his leadership. He needs to figure out his own way in the world. And then about four or five months in, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I, I definitely felt a bit of that urgency, but it was, I had to, con whenever I wanted to bring that to him, I had to do exactly this. I had to go back into my body of like, okay, what is it bringing up in me? It's bringing up in me that I don't feel as safe or I don't feel as provided for whatever. That's my pain that's coming up that he doesn't necessarily have to take all the responsibility for what felt like my feminine oracle or my feminine testing was saying, Hey, my love, like I see you and, and, and I, I so deeply believe in you. And I see that you're in a pattern for about like a few months now, which is totally okay. But I think it's time to face it, you know? <laughs> and again, even with all of that was a very charged conversation, but I think what both him and I kept doing was kept coming back into our own bodies yeah, and just processing yeah, some of the things that it brought up in us, the, the, the wounds that it brings up in ourselves instead of when, what I think happens a little bit in this kind of wounded feminine testing, a vomiting of I'm a holder of truth. You need to deal with it. Uh, right. And what right? is that? <laughs> That's entitlement. That's yeah. the definition of it's princess behavior. <laughs> what 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 we're doing then is thank you. That was a perfect perfect articulation to what I was referring to. Love the, the language that I used. Um, that sense of urgency and, and, the, yeah. and the black and white. Yes, that that those are red fucking flags, um, and not a sense of shame, but just to look at and to be aware of. Um, but. Um, shoot, I just lost my train of thought for a second. This is, there's like so much here that there's so <laughs> many, 
different ways we could go, but we're okay. We're talking about the sense of entitlement, right? And and so what's actually happening in that moment if if we're not, and this could go both ways, but we're talking about feminine testing and yeah. and that piece, right? So if I'm a woman mm-hmm. and I have that charge come up and I immediately with that sense of urgency and with that sense of black mm-hmm. or whiteness, either or mm-hmm. orientation, put that onto my partner. I'm, I'm expecting them to process my pain for me and to make sure daddy takes care of me. That's, that's the posture you're putting your partner in, you know? And so that's really unfair and really damaging and really harmful on so many levels, but especially for polarity and attraction. Um, And so the, the, the key here is yes to, this is sovereignty. That's all we're talking about sovereignty, self responsibility and being a sovereign being and saying, okay, this is, I need to work through this, um, you know, with support, you can have support. Like there's so many women's containers out there to help Mm -hmm. women with this, including the work you do. Like it's, if there's a plethora, you could pick them, you know, pick and choose whichever one you want, but how to work with that and then re-enter into that space Um, because then we're moving from entitlement and this like almost hierarchical or opposing dynamic, like oppositional dynamic to again, that sense of openness and safety. And this is another piece I'd love to bring in. I think there's this narrative that the man is always supposed to bring the sense of safety. And I think that's fucking bullshit. I think Uh that's super dangerous and it's just setting up the context for this kind of wounded behavior to come from the feminine pole, not saying it always happens, but it, it, we're setting a stage for it with that. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. So a lot of what I do, my work is, is honestly calling out women (laughs) on all the very creative ways that entitlement slips in that resentment slips in, because I think all of this beautiful polarity work, we can use it as such. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I think the way we talk about feminine testing, the way we talk about Oracle can very easily be misconstrued as this princess entitlement. Like I, you just need to hold me when I, when I challenge you. And that's the thing that I think sometimes happen with polarity. It sounds really beautiful in the abstract way. And then you're like, yes, of course I get it until you forget that these are two human beings. I think often what women or the feminine forget is that the man is a human being that is sitting in front of you that has their own shit, that has their own limitations, that has their own abilities, that has their own needs. And yes, it's so beautiful to talk about masculine and feminine, but for instance, when I am bringing my testing or my pushing back on something, there is still a human being in front of me with feelings, with heart. And he is not because he's the holder of the masculine energy, just responsible for holding me, holding us, bringing the safety, grounding us. I call that outsourcing when I think all of that's just being put on one person. That's mm-hmm. me outsourcing all the masculine energy to my to my lover and saying, you got to do it all. When actually Beautiful. I need to hold that within myself and then come to him because then he's free to step into a role. Otherwise he's manipulated into a role. Right. And I think that's like, you know, part of the role. I like that word. Um, for the masculine pole is like redirecting the feminine, you know, yeah. that that's another discernment, like redirecting yeah. the woman back to that power in you, because that's really 
like the essence of what we're trying to do here. The out, it's, it's, this is the great work. It's the alchemical marriage. It's the union with, within us. Yes. That's what we're moving. We're literally evolving. We're not yeah. stagnant. This species is not stagnant. We're evolving into a more unified and energetically unified being. And um, yeah, there was a lot there in terms, and I, I mean, I could give so many practical examples, but uh, like from my own experience, mm-hmm. and, and maybe we'll get into that. But what I will say is what you're pointing to can easily turn into um, just like you're dating a fucking label. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to yeah, put this label conscious sentence. man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that? I have no idea what that is. Please tell me. I have no idea what a conscious man yeah. or a conscious woman yeah. is. Those yeah. are concepts. And yeah. for them saying this, because in my past relationship, I clung to that concept was used as a weapon against me. It was used as yeah. a weapon against me. If you don't do X, Y, Z, you're not a conscious man. It's like, according to who? According to who? Yeah. I'm me. I'm me. I'm where I am. Human being. Can you can you meet me here? Can you meet me here? And let's walk together. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise, we're dating a uh, an image, and I think a lot of people fall into that. You you know, it's very like cliche, like date someone's potential, you know. But in this context, it's it's very very fitting um, for what we're talking about. Um, I'm just gonna ask you on, you know, how have you personally experienced some of this? What what's because I what I love doing in this podcast is having this conversation between masculine and feminine, so we also understand what it's like on the other side of this, not just on, you know, what we get to do as the feminine. No, what is this like as a masculine being? So I'm really curious if you want to share something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> and I feel like this is the first. Uh, this is something I've had extreme like capital T trauma, traumatic experiences um, from this, from what we're talking about. Um, Not just being triggered, not just, you know, being activated, um, but, but quite, quite literally being, uh, it ended up being physically assaulted. Um, And I feel like this is the first and it, and it really comes it's very the reason i say that is because it's directly related to feminine testing and the shadow side to it um and like that's what i'm talking about this is not just like we're not even talking about emotional unsafety it can turn into like a real danger an actual threat not even a perceived threat it can not you know of course that's rare but yes um so in my own experience, uh, I stepped out of a relationship uh, about six or seven months ago now, but throughout the whole time, um, I was being what I would now term toxically tested, um, but I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't see it. And that's the thing here. Why it's, this is my, this is why I'm sharing it. I'm sharing it because I know there are other people out there. Like I'm in this work. I, and not even in just polarity work, specifically in relational dysfunction. I'm very trained in that. And I, and it still happened. So if it happens for me, I know that there's people out there who need to hear this. Yeah. And I'm really glad we kind of set the context, you know, leading up to this. But for me, um, my former 
partner, uh, her name was Jessica. She, um, without like, you know, giving you the entire story. <laughs> um, and I'll caveat this with saying, I am not perfect either. You know, uh, of course we're humans. And, um, but what I'll say is that when it came to feminine testing, it was almost as if the goalpost was always moved. The bar was always raised and I could never quite get there, no matter what I did, no matter what. And you have to understand for a man, like the feeling of not showing up for your woman, like you're not, that is the worst fucking feeling in the, in the world. It's like worse than death. Why? Because it, it triggers the deepest masculine wound period for every single man, which is toxic shame. I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm like invalid. Like me as like a person is like, there's something wrong. And that immediately gets triggered for most men um, when we don't feel like we're not showing up for our women. And so this is a really, really, really painful experience for, for men to be on this side of what I'll call like the, the shadow frequency of feminine testing. And um, as I take a breath and a pause to, to take a cut deeper here. Um, yeah. Let me just take a something? moment for everybody listening. Like <laughs> this is why I do these interviews because I want people to feel and see this, that especially when you have a masculine core to constantly hear you're not doing enough or you're not doing it right. You're not showing up for a woman. And I, I will own up to using those kind of words as well when I'm angry. Right. And, and, mm. and to, especially yeah. a few years ago, this was my style of fighting. I, the way I would, you know, get to him was by giving him the feeling he wasn't showing up for me, which I, there was some truth to it. And it was also a defense mechanism. And so, mm-hmm. We don't often realize, I think, what that's like to receive. What that's like to receive and to feel like you are consistently not enough. And no matter what you're doing, you're not showing up for her. You're apparently not a good man. That cuts so deep for a masculine core. And so anybody listening to this, and I I really appreciate Michael's vulnerability here, but this, this goes deep. This goes really deep. So I really am grateful yeah. for you sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, I invite you to take some breath here. Thank you <laughs> for sharing that, Sophie. <laughs> and um, so I'm kind of debating how, how deep to go and mm-hmm. what to share, especially in time's sake. But what I will say is that um, in my specific experience, so... In my specific experience with feminine testing, this is why trauma work is so important because what will happen, you will try, most likely, you will get into a relationship with a partner that perfectly triggers your deepest trauma wounds. Perfect. Oh, yes. (laughs) That's how it works. The key is, is there safety? If there's safety, beautiful healing can happen. If there's not safety, if we're if we're not aware of all the things we've been talking about, then that's the trauma bond and it's dangerous. And so I was in a trauma bond. And the the thing that 
her deepest trauma without revealing any of her story, because it's not mine to share, mm-hmm. has to do with sexuality, just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And most people do, right? <laughs> it's very common. <laughs> it's very, very common. Like we all have wounds around sexuality. She happened to have some some deep triggers, that some mm-hmm. deep triggers around sexuality, as most women do. Is my man going to cheat on me? Yeah. Uh, does he want another woman? Like that's what I'm talking yeah, about here. That's yeah, yeah. What, those are the wounds. I think I'm a lot of people about. recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are very, very strong. And for me, I went into, but I, I went into the relationship and I was clear about this before we even started dating. I was like, Hey, just so you know, porn use is still a part of my life. Yeah. I'm not giving myself a pass, but I know that it's a really deep coping mechanism that I use to cover up a sexual trauma that I experienced when I was younger. And I told her that from the beginning because I'm aware of that. I've worked with this in therapy. I know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to these things, you, you even just quitting cold Turkey, like it doesn't actually solve the underlying charge. So I was just letting her know like, Hey, this is, you know, something Mm -hmm. I'm working through. And, um, basically any time I brought that up because I'm open. I am transparent. Like if anyone who knows me is like, you know what I'm like, not that I share everything, but if there's something, if there's a rift, I'm going to speak to it in a loving way because I, I want to be transparent and have that communication so that we could come back together. Okay. I can't hold that shit. You know? So anytime I used porn, I would tell her because I don't want to feel like I'm hiding something. I don't want to feel like I need to hide this part of myself. Like he needs to have a seat at the table. You know what I'm saying? So every single, and I mean, every time, not sometimes, but every single time I brought it up, it was an immediate knee jerk reaction of you're not a conscious man. What is wrong with you? And almost like verbatim, like verbatim. Um, <sighs> and I could immediately tell the, the like, level of charge that it brought up in her. That's why I'm saying like, we need to be able to be with that charge. If you can't be with that charge, that's not your partner. That's you. That's your work. You know what I'm saying? That is your work. And so in this instance, I started to, and then I would try and force myself, which was an act of violence towards me to try and force myself through that coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Right. And so eventually it's just, I, kind of just i wasn't really using it a lot and we're we're talking like once twice a month here i'm not we're not talking about like an everyday thing mm-hmm. like we're talking about a pretty infrequent um yeah. experience oh, yeah. and just that yeah. i just wanted to be seen and so basically push came to shove to use that uh you know no pun intended but to use that expression and um I was working with a coach. Uh, your listeners will probably know him, Lauren Kren. Freaking yes, love him. Amazing. amazing man. We did some really great work together. Yes. And uh, yeah, just want to shout him out. He's, <laughs> he's dope. <laughs> but we were doing work together. And basically, we got to the point where it's like, bro, you can't be in this relationship if you can't bring this part of you. Because that part deserves to be seen. It deserves to heal. It cannot heal. The shadow can't heal in the shadow. It's like... <laughs> You know, we can't, we can't solve the problem from the same level of consciousness that, it, that it's at it has to be seen. And so I was like, okay, like I'm clear, like I need to, to have this conversation. And, um, so yeah, what I will say 
is that um yeah that that's the that was the conversation that led to me being physically assaulted um by my partner and yeah and we're talking like a full on full on you know not just like a you know slapping your partner or pushing them or something it was it was really intense uh it took me it took me four months uh to really even begin to process that in my nervous system i couldn't go in public for a few weeks i couldn't be around people just because i was so you know i was in this state of hyper vigilance um and i'm just sharing that to show of like this has real consequences this is not a game this is not a joke and these yeah. teachings aren't something to toy with they're not i love polarity teachings i have no qualm with them the qualm i do have is people like it's like we're giving like a nuclear weapon to a baby you know like there has to be training maybe that's not the best metaphor but it's like there has to be a real education around this because that was the missing piece for my relationship these teachings were being used as weapons that's what they were being used as yes. and i'm really passionate about this because in the fucking instagram world it's like you don't know what people are doing behind the screen you know yeah. you don't yeah. yeah and there's a lot of people who talk big game but it's like, do you really know if they're embodying that? Are they really qualified to be speaking on that? And so that's a whole nother conversation I have. We agree. But, but like in the Instagram world, people kind of just throw out these teachings of like, this is the feminine oracle and this is the conscious man. And we get these like fucking caricatures. And then we try to put them onto a real human being, which cannot be fit into this very limited form. We're multi-dimensional beings. There's a part of you that doesn't even have a gender. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah and yeah. so, um, as you can tell, I'm extremely passionate about this. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 just why what I you know why I felt so called to have this conversation is like if you are in a relationship, if you can't bring all of yourself, leave. I'm radical about this. If you can't bring all of yourself and you've tried to fucking leave, leave because that's not for you. Yeah. And yeah. there's so much more, so much more, you know, I could share on like all of the kind of dynamics that played out in terms of the feminine testing. But I feel like we did touch on like a really, like a good amount of them. Yeah. And I think people will have some powerful mirrors to like look at themselves. And I think the key here is to what is my part in this? Yeah. Like this is not all about the man. Mm -hmm. This is not all about your man not being in integrity. This is not all about your man watching porn, if that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Especially if they're being open about it, especially if they're like, you know, they're working. It's like, it's not something that's stagnant. We have to understand like sexuality. And sexual, any sort of sexual wounding, any sort of sexual trauma, any sort of sex and sexual protective layer. This is the most sensitive area of the human psyche and the human body, period. Yeah. Yeah. For men and women, especially women, you know, the feminine has been fucking raped and pillaged for thousands of years. So I know the women listening will understand this and men too, yeah. you know, men too. Um, so it takes time. You can't expect your partner to be at the fucking finish line 
before you give them a chance to even start the race, yeah. you know? And that's the dynamic that was happening. She was expecting me to just be able to let go of all the porn, like be the multi-orgasmic man, like, be, <laughs> like, like that, you know what I'm saying? And like, and like, and yo, we can, we can also bring some lightness into this. Like I, I've really processed yeah. most of this and it's been a huge, huge, huge blessing. In, like it really has as paradoxical as that sounds. I am super grateful to my former partner because she has initiated me into such a deeper embodiment and sense and clarity around my purpose and why I'm here and the work that I'm here to do. And it's been an honor to, to be able to share that, to share a piece yeah. of that with you today. First of all, I'm really sorry what happened with you. And I think this is a topic that is not enough talked about in, in any way. Uh, it feels like it's in the collective right now. There's some things happening in the public arena where there are stories of, yeah, men mm. men being abusive relationships. So I, I'm really grateful for you bringing this, and I'm just really sorry that this is what you've gone through. And I really agree with you. I I try to teach polarity in a way of saying like this can never be weaponized. These are not tools for more resentment. The goal of polarity is to open. So if you use the sentence of "you're not," I want a conscious man to close more then you've missed the mark of polarity. You've completely missed what it's trying to do. It's also a yoga. It's mm. practice. You go to a yoga class. Me yeah. and my partner both do lots of things with polarity. <laughs> we are not constantly playing polarity. There are very mm -hmm. specific moments where we use those dynamics. We use those energies to deepen our connection. But again, to deepen our connection, not to fight. And that's yeah. the difference. It's literally going to a yoga school. That's what you're doing with polarity. It's the art of, of union. And it's hmm. not a weapon. And the last thing I'll say to this is that this is where my partner is a really great mirror. He will not receive any of my shit if my heart is not in there. He'll literally say, girl, I can't feel you. I'm not, I can't, I can't do anything with this. No, that's Tell amazing. me how it makes you feel, for instance, that he isn't always present. Tell me how that makes you feel before you yeah. try to give me the feedback or the testing or the pushback. Like I want to hear what it brings up in you in a way that you are connected to your heart, not in a, not in a guilt trip vomit. Like, look how you made me feel shit, but yeah, hey, babe, even by the way, well. actually yeah. that made me feel really unsafe. And mm -hmm. you know, that brings up some shit in my world. And so I think that's a really key element of is your heart there? If your heart isn't there, it's a weapon. And I think that's maybe the simplest thing that we can get out of this beautiful conversation that we're having. If the heart isn't there, whatever shit you're, you're doing, whatever polarity stuff you're doing, you are, you are weaponizing polarity versus using it as a tool to greater intimacy. Mm, yeah, well said. And then at that point, it doesn't even matter if you're right. No, exactly. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Because the, 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 the fruit is rotten. Mm -hmm. The fruit from the tree is rotten if mm -hmm. the energetic's not coming from love, period. Mm -hmm. That's what these teachings are. They're, they're mm -hmm. teachings for how to experience deeper love, right? And it, it can yeah. be very easy to forget that. And I love what you were saying in terms of like even sharing your – this is one of the biggest things I work with people on is like language and communication yeah. in charged conversation yeah. with emotions because yeah. even – sharing your emotion with your partner you know this and you touched on this beautifully like this made me feel xyz 
there's a way to do that from the heart, but that's still, you're not filtering and you're authentic and you're sharing your authentic vulnerability. And then there's a way to do that where you said the words vomit, but the image I get is you're pinning your partner against the wall. You're pinning them against the wall and you're, you're like talking at them instead of staying in your experience and letting them into you, you're going, you're penetrating into them. Does that make sense? Oh my And that's, yeah, that's like the image I get with that. And that is not going to, that will not result in because that's not, it's, it's not safe enough. There's actually no space. There's no space to move. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that's a great piece. That's a great piece to bring in for sure. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to compare this to when I brought something to my partner of where I could feel that he was sticking his head in his sand and, and I wanted to give him all the space to, to figure that out himself. And at a certain point, it just started to affect me and our relationship. And, and so I brought it to him, the story that I brought earlier, um, which was a beautifully needed moment. It was me calling him back into his power, actually, because I said, I, f- I love you. I respect you. I, I, I think you're an incredible human being. And it's, I want you to step into that again. I'm, I'm ready for that. You're ready for that. I think what I find the tricky thing with feminine testing, and I'm curious what I think what I would love to hear is what you would love to receive as a masculine core is let's say for instance you want your man to join a men's group right i get this question all the time i want him to like do tantra or do a men's group and he's just not going when does that become a feminine oracle thing and when do we leave that to the masculine to find his way because if i know one thing is that if i go to my partner and say i want you to join a men's group he's he's going to resist me because i'm not his mom i'm his partner right. i'm not his coach i'm his partner and so there is a very subtle art, I think, of of trying to, like, what I, what I can do is share my enjoyment with my personal development and with my kind of support systems and all the things I'm going through. And often that inspires my man to be like, oh, yeah, I also want to deepen. I want to meet you where you are. I'm also going to deepen. So what's the, maybe being super, like, anal about this right now, but what's the difference, I think, between giving a man his space mm-hmm. for him to find his own way in life? And trusting him in that mm-hmm. and and doing this feminine testing thing of like okay but i would love to challenge you because i love mm-hmm. you yeah yeah great question this is <laughs> oh this question's gold and i i have women reach out to me all the time and ask yeah. this spe- exact question um and we touched on the first piece you know which is sharing your authentic emotional vulnerability in a healthy way. That's a great doorway. If you haven't done that, boom, that's your starting point. Um, Because otherwise, yes, you posture yourself as mommy uh, automatically, pretty much. And um, so there's a few, there's a few ways to, to, approach this but the question was giving your man space but then also being in what we could say insistent perhaps yeah. and um there's a there's a couple of things that come up for me and one is tact if you're coming mm. with any sort of tact or plan it's not going to work. It's not going to work. 
like I'm gonna do this thing to show him to to do to de- him to do that. That's yeah. you know, no, it's not gonna work. Um, I think I think you I think you started to touch it though. Uh, for me personally, I can only speak for myself, right? But for me personally, mm-hmm. when I see my woman growing, I have to grow. There's something inside yes. of me that's like I need to show the fuck up, and it's never. She doesn't have to say anything to yes. me. And so be embody what you want. I mean, it's really that simple, right? Like be the model in, in the feminine form of what you want. Cause that's, that's, and it's, it's the same fucking thing. Mm. Like if I'm trying to, like when I was healing from like really deep family dysfunction, right? It's the same thing. It's really that simple. That's my answer. Because when I was healing from family dysfunction, this is a really great example. Cause it's the same, it's same type of dynamic in the sense that if I were to just go to my to my mom or my dad and be like, well, what, you know, that this thing you're doing is, is wrong and it's unhealthy and dysfunctional. And that like, they'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get the fuck out. You know what I mean? It doesn't work. But what did work was I embodied so deeply boundaries. I embodied so deeply mirroring. Oh, I hear you say this. Wow. I embodied so deeply what I wanted to receive. I embodied that. And it 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 it, 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 it rubbed off on them. It affected them, and that's one piece. Um, and there, of course, there has to be a willingness. You know, there has to be a willingness on the man's end. And you, can, that's the thing. I think it's the hard can be. And of course, this is not black and white. I want to caveat: this is not black and white, but. Like we can't give someone that willingness. It doesn't matter if we're talking about men or women. This is in all areas of life. They have to choose that. And I think embodying, because what you're doing, if you're a woman and you're embodying, like you're doing the women's circles, you're like doing womb work, you're out there like fucking ripping up grass and some, like letting your emotions <laughs> flow, but like in a container and you're doing it, it's like, he's going to see that. And if he doesn't, See, and if that's like, that will inspire him. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, that willingness, like, I'm not like, it, it may take just take some time for that, like spark to get stoked and that's okay. But, um, I think a lot of women, um, I want, I want to be careful with what I say here, but I think a lot of women end up just trying to save people and just like staying in relationships. Like, dude, this man's just not ready. That's just not where he is, you know? And like, we can't, right. We can't make someone be farther along the journey. And that's the thing where I think a lot of people get stuck because it's like, wow, if I actually face that, that means I leave the relationship. Right. And that can be a scary thought. Um, But yeah, that would be my take on it for sure. If I could share a personal story here is that I, of course, joined John Wineland's training and I very much wanted to do that separate from Timur because I wanted to have my own process and my own, my own adventures there. And without me even asking, it inspired him to go work really deeply with a teacher, but that would never have been a teacher that I would have picked because it's this very classical, spiritual, it's not <laughs> my cup of tea at all. So if he had done what I wanted him to do, he would have, I don't know been with whatever also with john whatever that's that's that could have been what i wanted him to do 
But actually, he found his own way. And what's happening in a relationship now is he's coming with so much more consciousness, so much more depth, so much more personal development, so much more finding himself. And so it's not the thing I was actually desiring from him is happening anyways, but he's finding his way in it rather than me saying like, oh, I need you to do X, Y, Z. He's mm-hmm. just feeling like, oh, Sophie's going on this really cool journey. I also want to have a journey like that for myself. And yes. we are meeting each other in that authentic like really individual thing. And and so it's almost when I let go of the shape that I think it needs to have and focus mm. on my own deepening in that thing, it naturally does inspire your masculine because he's just, he just wants to meet you where you are. Again, coming yeah. back to this really deep longing to be a good man for your woman. Yes. Yes. And we're wired for that. And here's yeah. the thing. I really want to presence this. We're way more tuned in and intuitive than I think women give us credit for. Yes. Your your man will fucking feel you. If you're even, you can't have an ace up your sleeve. You can't have a fucking yes. trick in the bag. You know what I'm saying? You really mm-hmm. have to let go. And that's why we were talking about somatic practice before, because it's going to be scary. You're letting go of control. Yeah. You're letting, you're letting go. And so you have to be able to work with that, yeah. you know, somat- to let go and be like, what you're saying is I trust you. That's what you're saying. You're saying, I trust you. I trust you. It's you and your soul. How could I possibly know what's right for you? How could you possibly know what's right for another person? We don't. We don't. And so that's so powerful what you shared because by you just letting go of that and and following your next step, like it's, this is, we're talking about energy and frequency. It's just the net, they're naturally going to oscillate and anchor in to that level if you give them the space but you can't it can't be lip service it can't be lip service it has to be actually embodied you know and i experienced a lot of lip service uh in in my past relationships and i could feel it i feel like that's actually not how you're feeling and i would dig and then i then it would come up you know i'm saying so this really has to be go deep has to sink down to the roots yeah and let me, outside of the, 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 what happened to you, but I, I think this is sometimes a really beautiful thing that the masculine can bring, right? He can help deepen a woman. He can help connect her to her feelings. Like, hey, darling, I can't feel you yet. I'm not, where's your heart? Give me your heart. I want to feel you. What's happening here? So I, I do think that in it, again, these are beautiful concepts. And in a certain situation, that is a beautiful dynamic to be in. But mm-hmm. this can be weaponized. This can be used as a closure. This can be used. I, I think what what's really important here, if anybody knows like fight or flight and these kind of mechanisms, you'll you know when you're in a fight or flight response. Yeah. Right. You know when you're shut down and and you want to retaliate. When you are using clarity from that zone, the only thing that can happen is that somebody can meet you in the same activation. They have to defend mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Right. You'll feel when it's open, when you're coming from a place of love, when you're coming from a place of, of, I care about you. I care about us. This is complicated. I also don't know what all the answers are, but I love you. That's a very different nervous system activation. And to have that awareness in relationship is, I think, such an important skill because if you can bring that, like, Hey, I realize I'm super activated right now. Whatever we're going to do is not going to serve us. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever conversation we're going to have right now is not going to. Mm-hmm. It's not going to help anybody. Got the swords out. <laughs> yeah, nothing's gonna. Nothing good is going to come out of this. Doesn't mean that it's yeah. wrong, but just nothing actually productive is going to come from that. 
and to wait to have these conversations when you're actually both able to open and to mm. soften yeah. and to wait for that to happen. I think that's maybe one of the core aspects of this testing of wait for there actually to be receptivity in both of your bodies. If it's not there, it's not mm. the time. It's just not the time. What, what needs yeah. to happen is connection back to each other, your bodies to touch each other again, or maybe some time separate so that you can regulate. But otherwise, that's not the time to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, there's just two things briefly that came mm -hmm. up for me listening to you. Um, because these are things like you don't have to be in a relationship to practice. Life is a relationship. Yeah. Even right now in this conversation, there's a reason why, you know, I waited four or five months to even begin to speak about my experience publicly, because even yeah. still, I feel myself oscillating between open heart and attack, yeah. open heart and attack. And I'm sure people can feel that. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing nope. bad about that. But it's like, we can train ourselves to be aware of that yeah. and learn how to work with it. Learn, okay, oh, wow. I see that's happening. That's a sign for me. Let me take some breath. Let me feel my body. Let yeah. me feel my heart. Let me feel this person in front of me. Let me look at these beautiful plants behind you. you know what I'm <laughs> and like, like, like open up a bit. And, and with that, you know, as you get more practice in that, um, for if you're a woman and you're listening to this and you're in a relationship with a man and let's say like, you know, it's, it's right and it's deep and it's true. Um, but maybe that was your question. How could I introduce him to maybe yeah. some more personal development? I know you're out there. So I got you right here. Um, if you've done everything we mentioned, one thing for me, I can almost like cry. I don't for me, it's like, for me personally, it's really deep. Um, and I think a lot of men have this. Uh, for me, growing up, a, a huge way I gained, I validated myself, but also gained validation from others was like not only my, into, my intellect, but like my knowledge, my wisdom, right? And every man has a, a genius, every single one. I'm living with, uh, a friend of mine who owns the house there, and he's a genius with cars. He's a mechanic. He's a genius. You know, you talk, you throw a bucket at him. He's like, I don't know, but he's a genius with that, right? So, what I would invite you to do is find your man's genius mm. and notice it. Water that plant. Water that seed. Get him a gift. You know, he likes to read about. Fuck, I'm gonna talk to myself. He likes to read about esoteric consciousness shit, weird shit. Get him a book like that. Like feed that. Yeah. Because that's like, again, we're, we're going into the balance of like, we don't want to have like, you know, tact and try and manipulate our partners, but that's different from what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is acknowledgement and awareness, being aware of what inspires your partner and mm -hmm. support them in that, support mm -hmm. them in that. And that will really start to move energy in this dimension for you. I guarantee it, guarantee it. I think that's so beautiful. I think that's so beautiful. I can feel that because I think a lot of feminine beings, a lot of us, a lot of myself, it's so easy to sit on the like, oh, well, these are little places where it should be better. It's easy. It's comfortable. It's It feels safe. It feels like you're taking care of yourself. And I get that. But to 
also bring in the energy of praise mm. and of just my teacher John Wyman calls it like gushing over him. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my that. gosh, I just think you're amazing at this one thing. And it can be something so tiny, but to just right, gush. Right. Cause that's nourishment. That's literally what you're saying. It gets the energy moving. That's how we that's water the we masculine. Just like yeah. a little, so much that can happen yeah. with just a little movement. You know, you're like, yeah. babe, I think it's so hot when you're like doing your studies and research and yeah. You know, I'm just talking. That's that's, that's, my, that's my thing. I'm just talking about myself. But like, if I heard that shit, I would I would be like super turned on from that. Yeah. Because then then I know like every time like because as a man you f- then you feel powerful. You feel like you feel your king. You know, you feel yeah. your king energy, and then you want to take care of your when you want to better yourself. You want to grow. It's natural. You know, we're we're we naturally. It's part of our nature as men. And I think a lot of men have just been so cut down and so discouraged. And it would be like such a pattern disrupt to receive the opposite. So look for that in your man. It could be literally anything, literally anything. Yeah. And you start from there. I love that. What a beautiful way actually to to close this conversation because this feels like such a, what's it called? This feels like the core of it all, like the, yeah, it's, it's, we, it's nice that to we, almost. We brought it back to love. It we brought like, it back to love. Yeah. yeah. To almost like, yeah. I feel like my thoughts or my structures in my head are like falling into place as we were talking, but feminine testing, I think is this gorgeous, really cool thing, but the mm. foundation of love and of praise and of, of, of mutual respect needs to be there. If that's there then feminine testing can be really a really interesting dynamic to start playing with and to start exploring. Again, a yoga practice, explore how we can push back to the masculine in a way that opens him, mm-hmm. that opens him, not shuts him down, breaks him down, shames him into being better. How can I start testing my man in a way that opens him? That's an invitation to play with me rather than fucking I suck. that's such a different energetic and again practice one thing that like i think we are really making very clear in this whole conversation is it is a practice it is like going to the yoga studio and practicing the art of relating that's what this is you don't have to get it all right and it isn't all set in stone and it's just trying things out what is opening him what is lighting him up yeah yeah Mm. Beautifully said. Thank you. Holy shit, what a conversation. <laughs> My God. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. All the flavors. Awesome. <laughs> <sighs> Michael, if people would like to learn more about you, where can they go? Yeah, um, it is Michael Angelo on Instagram. That's where most of my work is. Anything I do, I'm sharing on Instagram. So that's the place to find me. I love that. I was referring to you as Michelangelo. And <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't think that's his actual name. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I definitely resonate with him as well. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Michael. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much, my loves, for listening to another episode of The Deeper Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please pass along to even just one person who needs to hear this. And my love language is very much words of affirmation. So I love, love, love it when you share my work. 
If there was one sentence that popped out to you from today's episode, please do share it on your social media. Tag me in it and I will shower you with my gratitude. And always, if you want to stay connected, Instagram is the best place. That's where I'm the most active, sophie.josephina, or hop on on my mailing list, sophiejosephina.com. And before I forget, all of these conversations, so every podcast episode is now also available on my YouTube channel, so you can always check it out there.